Listener Production. A pinch and a punch for the first of the month. How old are you, like 10? It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Well, the mystery of why Venice's Grand Canal turned green has finally been solved. Did you see this? I did. I thought they were just doing that thing they do in Chicago for St. Paddy's Day where they just pour in the green food colouring. <laughs> it wasn't that, although that is definitely a thing that they do in Chicago. Have you been to Venice? I have. I spent an afternoon in Venice. That's it? <laughs> and got ripped off at a restaurant because they bring out things that you don't order. Like it's like, <laughs> oh, here's the bread for you. And you're like... Oh, these must get a free bread. You have a you have a nibble. They go, ha ha! That will be six euros, please. Yeah, but it's all offset by the fact that like an apérol spritz is about two euro. So I reckon they're the cheapest around around the world. Anyways, um, love me some. Oh, it's not called pinchos, but whatever the Italian version of that. Some little snacky roos on some bread. Love it, love it, love it. Their canals are bright green for a little bit. Um, it wasn't a St. Paddy's Day thing. It was a test, a uh, non-toxic substance they used to test wastewater networks. So, that, I mean, it's very oh. boring. And we wish we wish that it could have been some sort of Ninja Turtles <laughs> activation, you know, thing that some PR company was doing. Or people thought it might have been an environmental protest. Right. But alas, no. I'm surprised. Are the, like, are the Ninja Turtles famous in Italy? Because... Aren't they named after the Italian masters, like Michelangelo and no, Donatello no. and that? Actually, in Italy, the Ninja Turtles are named after famous Australian artists. <laughs> oh, it's, it's in reverse. <laughs> yeah, it uh, is. Introducing, with the nunchucks, <laughs> Ken Doan. <Yeah. laughs> oh, you rip it, mate. Let's party. <laughs> Yeah, and Splinter is actually a wombat. It's really confusing. The topsy-turvy world we live in. But look, we're here to make sense of it with you on Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Well, you know, speaking of attack animals, we're going to be talking about that in a moment. Big news coming out of the Northern Hemisphere. We've also got a bit of mind blown, a bit of Ask Alex. Should we get into it, mate? Let's do it. Dive right in, whether it's green, blue or purple. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Hope you're having a good one. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Well, Matthew, being a good Warrnambool boy, I know Wales. I mean, Do you? In a couple of months' time, the uh, the Southern Rights will be using the little harbour at Warrnambool, Logan's Beach, as a little natural nursery. Go down there with binoculars on a oh, windy, mate, rainy you know, day. Watch them out in the water. It's beautiful. Bro, you're not the only one who visits the seaside these days. Okay, you're, you're talking to a semi-Port Macquarie local here. <laughs> I've been copping a few big boys swimming up and down the shores, splashing their flippers and other whale parts, bits, baleen, their whale bits, whatever. Yeah, that, that's it. So it's always good when whale news comes out, but I tell you what, it's been a, it's been a pretty, we've always, after the sort of 1800s where harpoons were a little bit, uh, a little bit too prevalent, we seem to be on a better term with whales around here, but it seems like they might be, um, they might be coming back. Coming back to bite us, mate. Yeah, that's right. And we're not talking about crypto whales, are they? Because are we? Because that's the only whales that I know about right now. No, apparently, killer whales. Alex Dyson have uh, apparently been teaching each other how to sink boats. Now, this is you know, I was a big fan of Free Willy and the documentary Blackfish. It is interesting how in the wild there's not been a single instance of like a an orca, uh, sometimes referred to as a killer whale, actually killing someone. Um, it's only ever been in captivity 
They believe there's a specific orca named White Gladys who um, has been influencing a few other whales to ram boats and sink them. Because earlier this month off the coast of Spain, a vessel was sunk after the rudder was pierced by these orcas, by three orcas, and the ship's captain, Werner Schaufelberger, said two small orcas seem to be learning from the larger orca during the incident. Oh, my God. It's the last I mean, thing we need. Well, you can imagine James Cameron on this one, can't you? Absolutely. The sequel to Titanic 2. You know, the ship goes down thanks to some killer orcas. Yeah, it looks a bit... You got Leonardo on the on the door. On the dorker. Um, <laughs> apparently, White Gladys, this orca, may have been may have experienced a critical moment of agony, such as a co- collision with a boat. Because they're such smart creatures. Wait, wait, are you telling me that people think that because Gladys got hit by a boat, yeah. now she is taking it out on other boats? She's got a taste for boat blood. <laughs> and so oh it's been God. taken about. Spots one and goes, all right, we're sinking that. So they've been doing that, which is pretty crazy. Uh, meanwhile... Not did you see this other whale story? There's more whale news. A beluga spy whale suspected to be trained by the Russian Navy has appeared off Sweden's coast. Sorry. So the Navy, are they believing that the whale is picking up some sort of messaging or the the whale is going to see something and then report back? Or is it wearing like a... Some sort of electronics or what? Well, it's not to be confused with the Canberra Sky Whale. It's the whale with like the, the droopy boobies, uh, the mm. hot air balloon. This mm. spy whale was first spotted by a fisherman in Norway's far northern region of Finnmark uh, with a man-made harness strapped around its body. And the suspicious harness was finally removed by marine biologists and had a mount suited for an action camera with the words Equipment St. Petersburg printed on the plastic <laughs> clasps. <laughs> No spies write equipment St. Petersburg on their spy equipment. Are you saying this could be <laughs> what happened in at Warnable <laughs> College on muck-up day where someone came and wrote, like, Brower College forever in weed killer on our grass, <laughs> but it was the Emmanuel College kids trying to false flag the Brower oh, College exactly. kids. Yeah, I don't think any of James Bond's gadgets have... If found, please return to Mr. Bond on them. <laughs> like, you try not to have any ID on anything. Well, some officials have said the whale may have been trained by the Russian Navy as it appeared to be accustomed to humans. And this is probably the most damning of all. Russian authorities did not confirm or deny the speculation. Wow. According to the BBC, an investigation by Norway's domestic intelligence agency found the whale is likely to be a, been a part of a Russian research program. Now, this just adds a long list of things mm. I can't trust. Whales. Yeah, they could be spying on us. Can't trust people who wear socks with thongs. <laughs> can't trust people who sit in parked cars. Okay, that's sus as. And now I can't even, when I'm looking out over the ocean, I see a whale, I think spy. Immediate that spy. stinks. Well, we're not sure. And so in an effort to clear up exactly what is going on with this Russian spy whale story, we reached out to the Russian government and have we're very happy to say that actually Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast have secured an interview with the Russian spy beluga whale. And oh, uh, no. the spy whale joins no. us. <laughs> no, we have Right now. Um, no. no. Hello, Russian spy whale. Oh. Yes, hello. 
Thank you very um, much for. Um, I am. I am just by. Uh, wait. Wait. Let me figure out where I am from. There we go. Oh, sounds like you're from Transylvania at the moment. <laughs> I have gone a lot of places with my whale. This, that's how you be a, a spy, a good spy. You cannot be found out from your accent. You have to come up with different accents. That's it. You've got a, quite a global accent. Uh, when did you first start spying for the Russian government? It started when I was young, you know. We played a game, I Spy. With my little blowhole. <laughs> Didn't realise it was capable of vision, the blowhole there. <laughs> I tell you what, it's capable of seeing things and speaking things, because a lot of stuff come out of my blowhole, especially when I'm being interviewed in what will probably turn into something that will age very badly. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot express enough mm. how problematic this... Mm. Interview could be for me. Well, that that's it, um, spy whale. You have been found out. A spying... Beluga whale, more like be cancelled whale. <laughs> that's what I would probably be after this interview. I'm sure. I'm sure the Russians <laughs> have been. I'm sure the Russians have got other things to worry about other no, than no, a, no. a podcast host's accent. No, I'm pretty sure this is not appropriate. Well. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, you know, with your work with the KGB, obviously, have you had a chance to, to meet oh, no, Vladimir Putin no, over the no, years? No. no. <laughs> we honestly... Oh, wait, I think there's been a mistake. Um, you see, when I was... Hmm? When, when someone asked me if I was a Russian, Russian whale, I said, yes, yes, I am. Um, what I meant was I'm in a rush. Right. I'm rushing to get away from any kind of uh, enemy. <laughs> Controversies, that's right. Well, so, so it sounds like you're an Australian whale who... Yes, I'm an Australian whale who's in a rush. I need to get out of... Oh, I need to get out of this place quickly. So <laughs> what was this thing strapped around your head? If it's Is this just all a big misunderstanding? Stag what was that, what was that thing? Stagwood dog holder. <laughs> it's a... Uh, Here's the problem. You go to the show, you can't, you can't have your Dagwood dog and eat it too as you sail, as you swim back along the Pacific. So I thought I'd put something on there. And uh, that's what I did. Excellent. Okay, now that... Well... The sauce washes off in the ocean. No one's invented unwashable sauce. Well, now, now that this is cleared up and it's shown that you aren't a, uh, a Russian spy, no, what, no. what is your actual profession? Tap dance, coach. <laughs> how, can you, how can you tap underwater? What makes that sound? Oh, oh you don't think taps and water go together? <laughs> well, good luck in the bathroom, buddy. Okay? Oh, my God. This is the um, sort of disrespect can, we always get. Uh, can I ask, if you are driving your whale car um, yes. and there's a fair bit of traffic and the people yes. in front of you are driving really bad, do you hit the horn, and when you do that, does the horn go, Beluga! Beluga! <laughs> yes, it does, actually. I thought it was broken, but that's how it comes. In my whale car, yeah. Beluga! Well, thank you for joining us. <laughs> Russian or... Russian whale vampire joining us there from... 
from the Northern Seas. Oh my um, God. This is very soon to be was a podcast <laughs> called All Day Breakfast. Now it's time for... Can you hear me, Alex? Alex, can I ask you a question? It's called Ask Alex. That's right. Sex, dating, relationships, all of it can be asked and solved in this segment, Ask Alex. You know, most people don't have a clue what they're talking about. But one time I wrote advice in Girlfriend Magazine for young people asking about boys. I was the guidance counsellor. Um, and so today we're going to be helping with some guidance. And this is pretty open guidance, I reckon, here today, Matt, from listener Joan, who did have a question uh, for both of us. Is it normal for people to invite you to an event slash meetup without disclosing who else they've invited? So you think you're going to have a great time catching up with one of your friends who you haven't seen in ages, so excited to have some one-on-one time, only to discover on arrival, or if you're lucky, an update text on the morning of, that there's others joining you. What the actual hell? <laughs> what do you reckon? So I got to tell you, me and Belinda have had uh, arguments about this in the past. <laughs> seriously? Yeah, What's seriously. Well, because I am generally someone who's a little bit of the the more the merrier camp. Mm. Okay, I'm like, yeah, why yeah, not? Bring him along. <laughs> sure, whatever. Belinda's in the more of like. We agreed to catch up with that person mm-hmm. or they agreed to catch up with us. That is all that's going to be there. Right. And there's all, there's positives for both. Yep. Uh, can mean, you remember a time where uh, you've invited people and it hasn't been kosher? Well, I mean, sometimes you do mismatch the friends occasionally. You kind of think, <laughs> oh, these two people will get along, and then they have absolutely nothing to talk about. So that if you go to the bathroom, you just feel sorry for them to have to, like, <laughs> you're like, I'm so sorry that they have to generate some sort of conversation between these two people. Yeah, for sure. Well, I I think it is not normal. You should be disclosing what's going on, full clarity about what's happening. Say, yeah, I'm getting together with a few friends. You don't have to name names, but if it's going to be more than one person, for sure. And definitely do the opposite as well, because I've had a friend who who copped the opposite, where they thought they were hanging out with a group of people, but it turned out to be different. We got a text and it was like, hey, we're thinking of heading to the movies if you wanted to join. And my friend was like, yeah, cool. It'd be great. Movies sound fun. It's great when you go to a group to a movie and get get there and it was a one-on-one date. Oh, no. Her and the dude. Okay, what about this, though? Mm -hmm. I tend to also be someone who will just invite other people to other people's parties. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just here. Just come on down. I I, I love doing that. Happened to me on the weekend. (laughs) I caught up with a good friend of the show, Sam Mack, and... um, was like, yeah, just going to be at this pub. I'm like, oh, cool. I came down, met him. He was there chatting some people. Like, oh, I'll introduce you here. It's her birthday today. We're having drinks. I'm like, oh, happy birthday. That's exactly <laughs> it. Like, I love that. I'm like, yeah, great. Invite more people. The more the yeah. merrier. Let's Everyone go. Everyone should celebrate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't know, but Belinda's like. It was, you... it was a bit awkward, though, because I got there. And like his daughter Margot was there, and I was like, I didn't think that she was going to be there. Oh, really? Don't tell me you bought the one-year-old. Oh my god, that's so embarrassing! <laughs> that was cute. I'd never met her before. I got to have a hold. <laughs> she was great. She tolerated me, which was wonderful because sometimes you get you get to hold a baby, and they 
like they cry the second you put yeah. your hands on them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like a it's like a genie in a lamp. Yeah. It's so gone. um, no, I'm I'm very much a big. But Belinda will be like, you can't just invite someone else to this party. You, there, there are people have strict invitations. Yeah. So, mm. but did, did you feel out of place going to that party? No. And did the person seem like, oh, what are you doing here? Or were they like, hey, great. Yeah, it was it was fine. Exactly. <laughs> The more the merrier. But when I said that, Bron just went, <gasps> when I said that I would happily invite other people to other people's parties. What did you What did you think about that? That's crazy to me. <laughs> <laughs> other people's parties. Yeah, absolutely. Like a house party. If you were having a house party, you're like, hey, Matt, come along to my house party. I was like, yeah, sure. Then my other friend was like, hey, Matt, what are you doing tonight? Do you want to catch up? I'd be like, bro, I'm coming. I'm going to a party. Come along. <laughs> No way. I would absolutely do that. I would I'm not just... want a stranger in my house. You'd have to think about catering. We're not 17 anymore. They're not going to steal your I don't know parents' jewellery or something. They're just going to be in your house hanging, chatting. I mean, if it's a dinner party, sure. You, you don't want to have to, like, set another seat at the table on the corner of the, the table with the you know plastic cups and plates. But... Well, that's interesting. this is just a totally different topic. Sorry, Joan, that we've got off this. But if people are around, would you say something like, oh, stay for dinner? And if you get asked that, would you go, yes? Or would you worry that they're just saying that out of politeness? What? That so there's not enough food. If you go to a party and they're like, no, come and stay for dinner. Mm. No, I'd stay. I'd be like, yeah, great. What are we having? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, do I need to get anything? Can I order something in? Like, I will contribute by all means. I'm not just going to mm. sit there. I don't. I don't think anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I hope that helps answer your question, Joan. I mean, look, look, there are two different people. Listen, Joan, I do agree with you. You want to know who's there, what their vital statistics are, and that's why I think, like in most businesses these days, you've got an attendees list, okay? And you should have a full schedule for every meeting. And like in primary school, you tick off the names of the roles. Every single time. And that's the only way that we can be sure that we're all hanging out with the right people. That's what I miss about Facebook, like, events where you could just see who, who was going, who wasn't going. Like, I really miss what, those three days. people attending and 98 people saying maybe. Yeah. yeah. So I really miss that too. <laughs> but anyway, oh, look, we hope your catch-ups are fruitful, Joan, no matter whether we're there with strangers or uh, with the person you so wish to catch up with. And we hope you listening have enjoyed this catch-up. Unbeknownst to you, you're catching up with many, many people at the same time. Everyone's invited. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everyone's invited to Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. I smell toast. Mind blown. Blown away. Yes, that's right. This is the segment where I, Matt O'Kine, attempt to blow your... And Alex Dyson's mind with a fact that I've learned over the course of the week. What you been looking at, mate? What's been happening? Well, there's a bit of news that came out about a few, and this is, you know, a little bit alarming sort of news that a few attempts were made to take the Queen's life by various people over the years. What's the, they've recently said that there was Queen assassination attempts. Yes, that's right. And of course, it's um, not entirely, well, when you understand the context of 
uh, civil unrest happening throughout Ireland, Northern Ireland in the, you know, 70s, 80s, etc. These kind of things were spurring maybe that sort of sentiment. But it's, uh, it was just released recently in some documents that there were a couple of very serious attempts that had happened um, that have kind of been brushed over over the years. But what really... Um, including a trip to the US, by the way. So that the FBI actually released these documents. There was an alleged plot to kill the Queen during the 1983 visit. What, what did the American want to kill the Queen for? This particular person had uh, been alleged to be a sympathizer with the Irish Republican Army. I'm, now I'm, I'm reading this directly from 9news.com.au, so I need to say this. Right. The Corgi Militia or something like that. Yes. Well, he had claimed that he had family members who had been killed in Northern Ireland by a rubber bullet. So he was, he'd made these threats. But look, obviously it didn't happen because the Queen lived far longer than that and only dying last year. Mm. But one thing that stood out as I was reading this story is that a gentleman called Michael Fagan right. popped into the story which basically what happened with Michael Fagan is he was a just public person, person, general, you know, general public who managed to sneak in to the queen's apartment apartment and sit on the end of her bed in Buckingham palace and have a chat with her before alarms were raised and he was gotten the hell out of there. So wait, Imagining if you're the queen, you wake up yeah. in your bed in Buckingham Palace, as you've done many, many times. Yeah, at 7am, yes. And there's just a dude perched on the end of your bed like a tabby cat. And there is some young geezer standing there. Yeah, that's right. How old he was, was he? actually He was about 40 years old at the time, 38, oh right? So God. my age. And he's just sitting there like, g'day. <laughs> and... The first report said that he sat on the edge of the bed and they had a chat for about 10 minutes, okay? But yeah. other interviews have said that the the Queen left pretty quickly to seek some security, did a little bit of, oh, I'll be back, uh, and raised the alarm bell. So this is what happens. Okay? <laughs> he he tries to get in one time, right? Right. Where he shimmied a drain pipe, entered the palace through an unlocked window, then wandered around for half an hour while eating cheese and crackers. He okay. just found some Buckingham Palace cheese and crackers and stuff. He drank half a, a bottle of white wine, became tired and left. <laughs> okay. So I couldn't, couldn't find anyone in the big corridors of this palace. He <laughs> goes, oh, I better call it. Uh, heading off. Second entry, 7 a.m., 9th of July, 1982. Scales the 14-foot high perimeter wall, right, which was topped with spikes and barbed wire. Climbs up the drain pipe again. Alarms are going so, off. But the same crusty drain pipe as last yeah, time. But police think that it's faulty, right? That the alarms are going off. Wanders the corridor for several minutes before reaching the royal apartments, right? Breaks a glass ashtray, cuts his hand, then enters the bedroom of Queen Elizabeth II. Bleeding. Yeah, with a piece of glass. Queen wakes up, is like, I'm just going to go look outside for something. Call security. They all come back. It All hell breaks loose. They remove Fagan. Here is, here is actually... The mind-blowing thing. So these, these are the not mind-blowing bits yet. Okay, what's what's the actual bit that's going to blow our mind? Okay, so it's it's a law situation. Fagan's actions at the time were considered a civil wrong and not a criminal offence. Therefore, he was not charged with trespassing into the Queen's room. 
The only thing he was charged with was the theft of the wine. <laughs> Isn't that wild? <laughs> that he drank a bit of wine that wasn't He drank his. a bit of wine, so they're like, well, he stole our wine. <laughs> That's what he's going to get in trouble for. But all of the Why other is that? stuff... Is that because Buckingham Palace is technically public property or something? Yeah, so then in 2007, Buckingham Palace became a designated site for the purposes of a section of law, Section 128, right. in which trespass became a criminal offence. Wow. Isn't that wild, though, that you could do, you could, like, someone could sneak in to the Queen's bedroom and it's not even illegal. Yeah, if only he hadn't drunk the wine. So they didn't get him for the cheese and crackers either. <laughs> no, the cheese and crackers were on the house, mate. <laughs> well, that is pretty incredible and we like you blowing our minds every week as well so if you've come across a fact recently uh send a voice message to us of you uh letting us know this week's mind-blowing fact comes from carly and it's regarding turtles i was scrolling instagram and i found out that turtles aren't in their shells turtles are their shells mind blown (laughs) what turtles are their shells yeah, like the turtle is like attached to the shell. The shell is like a part of their body. Yeah, like if you look at a skeleton of it, the the shell is actually their vertebrae. Is that it? And they like their neck goes down and hides inside their vertebrae. Yes, basically, I believe that that is it. Mind blown. I, that doesn't really blow my mind. You think that it should be a mild grown. I mean, that's just me. Maybe my years of watching the Ninja Turtles is is what has, like... But the Ninja Turtles are in their shell. They're not connected to their shell. I don't know. I just it's didn't... dudes I just... in a shell suit. Well, heroes in a half shell, to be, <laughs> to be specific. I don't know. That doesn't blow my mind. That's all. Okay, hey, look, we're all playing on an even playing field. It's, it's no, sometimes I get the mild groan as well. That's just, that's just how it goes. Well, Carly, I enjoyed it very, very much. Any of these biological facts are pretty mind-blowing to me. So thank you very much for getting them in. And uh, we'll be back with another Mind Blown next week and another episode of All Day Breakfast tomorrow. Don't forget to keep in touch with us at matt.n.alex on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. And until then, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.n.alex. Spasiba for listening. That's Russian for thank you. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Can't believe people haven't turned off by now.